Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. It's Wednesday, December 29th, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, hey, YouTube. Norlander, say hello to YouTube. Hey, YouTube. Hi. How are we doing? Hey, YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, you can probably tell I'm I'm at home as opposed to New York City. And the reason I'm at home instead of New York City is because both games that were supposed to be on CBS Sports Network on Wednesday night were uh, canceled because of, you'll never guess, COVID issues. No games equals no studio. So I never got on that plane Tuesday night, and and this is the way things are going throughout our country. Positive cases uh, are surging. Games are being postponed or canceled. Consequently, there aren't really any games worth reacting to. And I don't have much interest in discussing COVID protocols again. So when I uh, brought this up to Norlander uh, and Nada on, uh, on, on Tuesday, uh, Norlander suggested uh, we do a mailbag episode. And I said, that, that's, a, that's a fine idea. So we requested questions on Twitter. And now we're going to answer some of them, not all of them, but some of them for the next. 30 we'll see 30 or 40 minutes and if this thing gets over an hour no we we have we have once again drifted away from our plan and failed miserably dead leg you ready to answer questions from uh readers listeners and watchers hey youtube yes i i am ready and as uh i dropped a comment in the chat for everyone watching live in real time we're gonna go with the twitter ones that we know ahead of time and then if there's a couple good ones here i want to we can invoke anything fun interesting uh maybe uh pivot to a couple in real time as well but we've got hoops ones and non-hoops ones so yeah let's uh why not man there's again when we get to the Friday show, hopefully we have games to preview for the weekend and final four and one and all that. We really, really want to, but there's just nothing going on. So yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go a little live listener mailbag action and bring in the audience here and uh, let's have a little fun. I'm going to try not to ramble on a lot of these answers. I have a tendency to do that. I don't you're think doing, you're doing it right now. I don't feel like you do. I feel like you're really in and out. You're very <laughs> so I'm going to try and be efficient. Every time I'm a guest on somebody's radio show, they say, we apologize for keeping you too long. And I'm like, it's always my fault if we're keeping me too long. It's it's never your fault. It's always it's always me. I'm aware enough to know that about myself. Um, question number one. It comes from Aaron at Aaron CD18 on Twitter. He said, Do you think they should do what they did last season and have the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis and have every team in something that resembles a bubble? Deadleg, what you think? No. I don't think they should have it. I don't think that's going to happen. Now there were, there were cool things about that earlier this year. I, you know, having everyone in one spot and coaches and players, I remember talking to plenty of them being like, 
man, like a, a lot of this stuff is is obviously unfortunate. We don't want to do it, but it feels like one huge like AAU tournament. Like it almost feels like we're at the Peach Gym in July, except all our teams are playing. It's got that great kind of throwback feel, which was awesome. But logistically, I never could get an exact number, but I had a couple people estimate to me that the NCAA put forth more than $70 million into staging the men's tournament alone in 2021 in a, in a single site format there. Put, and put, put $45 into the women's tournament. Okay. 45 bucks. Okay. Well, the point remains, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a heavy investment. It takes logistically, it takes so much. It's not, that's not going to happen. A barring, quite literally the NCAA meeting in secret this week to prepare for a contingency. Like we are past that point. It's not going to happen. The tournament is going to happen across the country with different sites as has been planned for as is normal. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think that will, uh, that will be the case. The final four will be in new Orleans as a reminder this season. And there will be, you know, your typical what, 13, 14 sites across, uh, across 67 games there. So, last season was fun, but it can be a, a one-time only thing. And I was happy to have been there in person to cover it. Question number two, will Zion Williamson be healthy enough to attend the final four in new Orleans? That's not the question. It, it isn't, but yes or no. When the final four tips in new Orleans on, you know, the first Saturday in April, will Zion Williamson have played the most recent game for the Pelicans. I'm going to say yes, actually. I'm going to be optimistic. <laughs> I have I have no idea. As for, um, but uh, like, you know, history suggests there's a decent chance he won't be. Um, as for the NCAA tournament being held in Indianapolis again, I don't think so. Um, it's it, 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 We did it because we needed to do it because this was for most young people um, still pre-vaccine days. Um, we're, we're not living, we're living in a complicated world, but not that world anymore. Keep in mind, even as these cases are surging all over the country and they are surging all over the country. Like I had two close friends yesterday, like two people, like I have a lot of people I know. And then I have like close friends that I actually like hang out with and see. And, and, and that group is fairly small and four of them, two couples tested positive yesterday and these aren't like you know people who are reckless these are fully vaccinated boosted young adults or you know like 30s early 40s adults who you know wear masks and stay out of places that that seem like places you shouldn't be right now and you know husband wife um both tested positive in both families so this, this is just it's a complicated world, but, you know, we are in a world where we have vaccines that are, you know, th hopefully keeping us uh, out of the hospital and alive. Um, even as these cases are surging, you know, the, the NBA is still playing in arenas all over the country and, you know, in, in front of capacity crowds for the most part. And so I, I don't suspect that, you know, we're going to veer too far. Like, let me say this first. I have no idea. Like, we'll see. You know, I didn't two months ago. I didn't expect we'd be here. So. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see where this thing takes us, but the narrative that is starting to come from the CDC and, um, the white house and the medical officials around the world is that, you know, we're going to live with this, you know, the, the, the hope that we could like be COVID free, like seems like nobody's even talking about that anymore. So we're just going to live with this. And I think that's going to mean living with this throughout an NCAA tournament that is, um, you know, constructed in a more traditional way. And, um, 
you know, I some teams will have COVID issues, probably right in the middle of the tournament. And some teams might have to withdraw from the NCAA tournament. I'm like, I'm not ruling anything out, but uh, I'm with Norlander on this one. I'd be surprised if if we don't have a an NCAA tournament that looks more like the 2019 NCAA tournament than the 2021 NCAA tournament. Question number two. It comes from our uh, our friends over at the Screen the Screener podcast. That's at S, uh, the S podcast. Shouts to Gus Kearns and Mike Randall. Here's the question. Who appears to be this season's Colorado computer trickers so far? This is a question for you, my friend. I never accused any program of being a computer tricker. I can give you one, but this is, I think this is, you pick this one. It's all you. My, my pick is probably Michigan seven and four still ranks in top 20 in multiple advanced metrics hasn't looked like a top 20 team, but again, that's preseason bias factoring in. So my answer is Michigan, but this is more for you. So you take it away. Colorado. They were the original computer trickers. I was on to them. And then they went out and destroyed Georgetown in this play. That's a bad day for me. Yeah. Very when bad. the computer trickers went out and hammered the biggies tournament chance. What was funny is that you called them that completely forgot about it. I brought up on the podcast. You had forgotten that you t- called Colorado, the computer trickers. And I remind <laughs> you, you did that. And then we lucked it that they beat Georgetown by like 28. Yeah. Like one of the best round of 64 performances in the history of the NCAA tournament, the computer trickers turned in last, last March. Um, Iowa is Iowa a computer tricker. Maybe 23rd good enough so far. 23rd at Kimpom with a nine and three record featuring zero wins over top 50 Kimpom teams lost to Purdue. Illinois got blown out by Iowa state. They're 25th at Bart Even after you remove the preseason bias, I learned to do that a few weeks ago, but they're only the Hawkeyes 39th in strength of record. I think right now they're computer trickers. Virginia tech might be a computer tricker. Eight and five losses to unranked Dayton, unranked Wake Forest, unranked Memphis, zero wins over top 50 Ken Palm teams, still 24th at Ken Palm, 27th at Torvik, but only 89th in strength of record. Hokies could be computer trickers. Potentially. Yeah. You got some good nominees there. You got some good nominees. I'll stick with Michigan though. Question. I was going to say Michigan preseason top five team has no business being anywhere in the top 20 right now. Go ahead. They're unranked in the top 25 and one question. Number three comes from Dan at Dan underscore Klobuchar. I hope I got that right. What's the best multi-team event to visit? Assuming money is no object. My thought is the battle for Atlantis. Now I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. Have you been to the Bahamas? I have been to the Bahamas, but not for basketball. Just like to go. Okay, I, I have not. I've I have not flown to the Bahamas. I would assume to go to the Bahamas, you got to have the passport. So that's the that's the uh, that's the only thing is like you know because you could say Maui. The the reason why I tip Bahamas over Hawaii is Hawaii is just if you're living Central Time Zone East Coast, it's just a haul. Hawaii is amazing. You've been there to cover that event as well. But Battle for Atlantis is just, it's a shorter flight. But you got to factor in, do you have your passport up to date? The field's usually good. Like we've had a situation over the past three, four, five years where it's kind of every other year Maui versus uh, Bahamas, which has the better field this season. It was, it was definitely the Bahamas and it was also in the Bahamas. <laughs> Maui was in Vegas. So for me, I love Maui the most. 
And on balance, it probably has a field that's a little bit better. And going to Hawaii, I've never, I've never been to Hawaii. So never been to Hawaii, and I've never been to the Bahamas. What the hell am I doing even answering this question? <laughs> I'm saying, but my get my, but I'd say I'd the travel factor. I think I'd rather go to the Bahamas because the weather's just as good there. You got the the water slides and all that stuff. That's my answer. I um I have been to most of these multi-team events outside of Battle for Atlantis. I've never been. I've come close to going many times, and then just for whatever reason, not gone. Um, the answer, if money is not an object, is the Maui invitation. It is amazing. Getting there is, as you note, that's a haul because it's like, you know, I, I live in the central time zone, so we're doing like four hours to LA layover at LAX, Delta Sky Club with Ted Lasso and Olivia Wilde. True story. And then you got another five hours to Honolulu. I mean, it's like it, it's something like that. Like you, when, even when you get to the edge of the continental United States, you still got a ways to go to get to Hawaii. And then, it, at least for me, it was to Honolulu and then to Maui. So it was a, you know, a lot of connections, a lot of time. You you, you don't want to be in 38B trying to make that flight. But um, once you get there, it is something else. I mean, I know some people's tendencies are like hey, the beach is the beach and the ocean is the ocean. It's just not, you know, it's one thing to stand in Destin, Florida. It's another thing to stand in Maui. It just feels different. It looks different. It is beautiful. And then there's something about that civic center that is awesome. You know, like we, you start talking about the iconic places in college basketball. I really do think that place is on the list somewhere because we've all, spent you know decades watching high profile games and players in that little bitty building and to me that's the difference between that and the battle for atlantis you you turn the battle for atlantis on tv looks like they're playing in a ballroom like it, it just doesn't look right e even though they have like the bahamas is atlantis is amazing and they get a good feel but it just like visually you don't feel like you're watching big time college basketball you feel like you're watching something that's being played in a place where basketball isn't supposed to be played. And with Maui, you don't Maui looks like a place basketball should be played perhaps only because we've watched it played there forever, but it looks, it looks right. And when you're in there, it feels right. And it's, you know, it's so small that it's going to be an amazing crowd basically for every game. It's to me, the Maui invitational yeah. is unmatched. Um, I would also say champions classic. It's awesome every year. It's it's awesome every year. It's just one night, and then it depends on if, you know, what city you're in. Like Champions Classic, you get a trip into New York. That's great. Indianapolis is fine as well. It just it it kind of rotates there. You know, it's been Chicago and all this stuff. But yeah, I would also add. I think the next November tournament that I think is going to bring in good fields that's in the, like the perfect size arena is the Fort Myers Classic, which was where uh, Ohio State and Florida played in the championship game this year. Um, I think that's the next one, which won't get to that high level, like upper top tier, but it's, it's getting better teams and it's in a good spot. And the gym size is perfect. You know, it's like, it's like 7,000 people. One of those where it fits, it's in a proper gym. It looks good on TV. They bring in power conference programs, but you're right. If, especially if you're a diehard college hoops fan, uh, you got to say you've gone to Maui before any other one. So that's probably the winner. Yeah. Uh, Champions classic. Great. I do think it's dependent on where it's at. Like, no, like listen, all of the cities that it, it is that have hosted it are tremendous places. Indianapolis, Chicago. I think putting it in Midtown Manhattan at the garden is like the best version of that. 
And so, you know, it's a, you know, it's, it's a trip to New York and you get to watch four of the best programs and four of the best coaches in the history of college basketball. That's a good spot. CBS sports classic in Las Vegas. Like again, money's not an object. You want to do a trip. Hey, go out to Vegas, spend a weekend, watch, you know, some of the biggest brands in college basketball play Kentucky, Ohio state, North Carolina, UCLA. That's terrific. And then again, I'm trying to think outside of basketball. Like how do you, you, you know, money doesn't matter. And you're making a trip. The event in Orlando over Thanksgiving. And there used to be one. It might still exist. I don't know. Um, in Anaheim before I was, does it still exist in Anaheim? Yes. It's the wooden legacy. Okay. So before I was, uh, uh, had so many television responsibilities, I would go to one of these every year, just as a, you know, a columnist. And I would alternate in some cases between Orlando and Anaheim. And this is when we just had one child. Um, and we would, you know, the way that sets up is you got games on Thursday, games on Friday, then no games on Saturday because you can't put college basketball on TV in any sort of great spot on Saturday because of college football on Thanksgiving weekend. So no games on Saturday. And then we, we finish the tournament on Sunday. So it'd be like fly out on Wednesday. You're going to games on Thursday, games on Friday. Then you take the family to Disney World if you're in Orlando on, on Saturday or if you're in Anaheim we take the family to Disneyland. Like my kids have been to Disney world and Disneyland only because I've covered not only because, but in part because I've covered those events. So if you've got a family and kids, you go watch basketball and then go to Disney world, go to Disneyland. That's a great trip though. So there's a lot of great ones, but again, Maui invitation, I think is at the top. We will get to the next question momentarily. It will have to do with the big bank challenge. Norlander, this question's for you. We'll get to it next, but first, check this out. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor brands. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting technology, marketing, and creative legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So question number four comes from uh, at IndalZZone, I-N-D-A-L-Z-Z-O-N-E. I I didn't make the Twitter handle. Here's the question. Has Norlander, that's you, Deadlag, seen a Big Bank Challenge video yet? I have seen one 
Big Bang Challenge video, and the one I have seen was text messaged to me yeah. by Gary Parrish. Yeah. I have seen one, and it was only because he sent me one. And this would have been, think? I don't know, a month ago? What What'd you think? What do you want me to say? I want you to tell me what you thought about the Big Bang Challenge video you saw. I thought Paris spends three hours a day looking at this stuff. That's what I'm I really cut down lately. I noticed that over now the past couple of days. I like, I just sort of, I feel like the Big Bang Challenge is dying a little bit. And I go into the comments still. Like, I, I, I reach the point where people send them to me on Instagram. Of course they do. And uh, like last, yesterday, I got one from uh, Vin. Vin sent me one. It's a good one. Like, you know, this, 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 this young woman was built for the Big Bank Challenge. She's got a small waist, a pretty face, and you don't really know about the bank. But then she flips around, and it, it is indeed a big bank. She's got a small waist, pretty face, and a big bank. She's, she was built for this. Like, if we're putting together the Big Bank Challenge All-Stars, she'd have a chance to make the team. She'd have a chance to make the team. But then I go into the comments sometimes on these things, and people are like, this is so played out. This is boring. And I'm like, how could this ever get boring? In what world does that get boring? Like, who, who, who reaches the point? Who reaches the point where they say, you know what? I'm tired of seeing people with small waist, pretty face, and big banks. Just, I've had enough of those. Who reaches that point? You tell me, Deadleg. I mean, I reached it after one. I don't know. You're not going to make me feel like I'm the only person on the planet who can appreciate a small waist, a pretty face, and a big bank. I'm not telling you how to feel at all. <laughs> You're taking us through this venture you've gone through over the past. How many months has this been? Two months? Is this, this been like, like July? I mean, I lose track of time in a pandemic, but I've been on the Big Bang Challenge for a little while. Okay. Sure. I just Any scroll other... through my, my Instagram reels. What I've noticed is the Big Bang Challenge is not the same thing everywhere. I'm, I'm talking strictly Instagram reels because I hashtag Big Bank Challenge on Twitter. And then I clicked on the hashtag. I was like, well, let's, I got like seven minutes before we start the podcast. Let me see it's what's like going some, on. Like massive. It's like some massive chase in Richmond, Virginia or something like that. No, it's just like it's not. It's not. I, I didn't. I only consider small ways, pretty face, big bank as a big bank challenge. And when I went to the Twitter hashtag, there's a lot of a lot of nonsense in there that didn't have anything to do. Unless I hear the word small waist, pretty face, big bank, that's not a big bank challenge as far as I'm concerned. But on that Twitter hashtag, a lot of nonsense in there. A lot of shenanigans. I'm at one. I'll see. I'm going to send you this other one that Vin sent me. I'll send it to you and Nada. You guys can tell me what you think. I think you'll appreciate it. She's got all-star potential. Question number five comes from at why not let it fly. Another basketball question. Okay. Which of the following surprise teams is most likely to sustain their play into the conference schedule? The teams he lists or she lists? It's TCU, Wake Forest, or Mississippi State? We had a deal. I thought about this. We had a deal. No one knows what we're talking about, but I'm about to tell you. No TCU questions on the podcast. How could you? Here's 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 the the background on that. 
So it's like we're discussing. Deadlick comes up with the brilliant idea to do a mailbag episode because I was stressing out. I was like, I can't do 75 minutes on COVID protocols again. I mean, I could easily. No problem. Just I'd rather not. So he was like, let's do a mailbag episode. I said, that sounds great. So it was like, um, yeah, we can just take questions live. And I was like, I don't want to take questions live. I said, here's the problem with taking questions live. Unless you got John Rothstein. <laughs> Rothstein could handle it. But it'd be like uh, somebody, you know, I actually, this is his example I use. So what do you think of TCU so far this season? And then I'm like, I didn't really thought about TCU that much this season. Uh, let me look. And it's just like, it seems like, you know, there's 358 teams. I don't think about a lot of this stuff. I think about the most important things. And so I was like, and so Norlander was like, fine, no TCU questions. And I saw this question. I was like, ah, oh, this is interesting. And then I recognized it does have TCU in it. But, but, but then here's what I did. I went and prepped. I did, I, did, I did all the research. And I can address every one of these teams. But first, I'd like you to. Which one is, can sustain the success that it's had so far? Is it TCU, Wake Forest, or Mississippi State? Give me Wake Forest for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, Wake Forest is in the easiest conference of the three. Mississippi State's in an SEC that's going to have a lot of bids and has or, or a lot of strength at the top. TCU has had a really good start so far, 10-1, and one, but is in a Big 12 where it's hard to make the case that TCU will be anything better than the seventh best team in this conference. Maybe we look up in a month and I'm wrong, always willing to, uh, to have that be an option, and TCU's in the top half of the league. Meantime, Wake Forest, which is coached by a guy in Steve Forbes who completely, you know, dominated while at East Tennessee state last season, first season in a pandemic wake was just complete afterthought. And now it's 11 and one he's ahead of schedule. Like I remember when Forbes got the job, we had talked about the chances he could get wake back to the NCAA tournament, you know, within a four year time frame. wake made one NCAA tournament under Manning. It didn't go under Bizdelic. You'll recall Dino Gaudio who, did not approach you for extortion advice. He was the coach and amateur got, extortionist, right? He was the coach and got fired after back-to-back -back tournament appearances at wake. Cause he took the job after Skip Prosser tragically unexpectedly died in 2007. Um, and wake hasn't really recovered since then. So we thought, well, can Forbes get there by like year four? And we thought, yeah, he could get them there by year two. I believe wake forest ranks the lowest in, in, Torvik and Ken Palm right now. I don't know where they are in the net, um, but I would my 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 lean would be with the Demon Deacons who sit at eleven and one, haven't been able to play recently due to uh, Boston College having COVID issues. Scheduled to play, I, they're scheduled to play tonight against Louisville. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> that that's a heck of a that's a heck of a challenge there. They've defeated Northwestern and Virginia Tech. Those are the two wins of note. But yeah, I I'd, I'd lean Wake for those reasons. I think it's Wake as well. Um, like you said, 11-1 and one heading into tonight's game at Louisville, assuming that game gets played. Um, they started 105th at Ken Palm. They're now up to 66, a 39-spot improvement over a 12-game span. Forbes really might get Wake to the NCAA tournament in year two, yep. which I don't even know if he expected that. I mean, I know he was shooting for it, but I don't know that he was expecting it. So... I mean, for all the reasons you noted, I think Wake Forest is the correct answer to this question. I would add, I don't know that Mississippi State's really a surprise. You know, they're nine and three, losses to Louisville, Minnesota, Colorado State, best wins over Richmond. Everything else wins over sub 100 Ken Palm teams. They started 60th at Ken Palm. They're now up to 42. So I guess they're 
overperforming preseason expectations, but you know, I had Mississippi State somewhere in the 30s or 40s in the preseason. So I'm not really surprised by what Ben Howland's team has done so far. They're about what I thought they'd be. TC was 10 and 1, but they don't have a signature win. Beat Utah, beat Texas AM, beat Georgetown, but that's it. Lost to Santa Clara by 19 on CBS Sports Network. Um, started 72nd at Kempom up to 58. So again, slightly outperforming, better than expected. But do you agree with this? I think TCU probably still finishes under 500 in the Big 12. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not rooting for that, obviously, but if I had to bet one way or another, probably bet that. So, yeah, Wake Forest probably set up. I think Wake Forest might be legit. Probably set up to, um, you know, sustain the success that they've had in the non-league portion of their schedule. Next question comes from at our court club. How many slices of pizza are acceptable in one sitting? So we're going traditional triangle slice here. Well, here's the problem. Different kinds of pizza, the answer is different. Let's just go traditional triangle. I mean, there's so many factors you got to take into account. A lot this, of factors. This is where the podcast goes to another level, by the way. One sitting, acceptable, socially acceptable. See, there's also a difference. In your house, acceptable with, with people around, family or friends, or out at a restaurant. There's, no, I mean, there's no question. You're out at a restaurant on a double date, or you're drunk at home by yourself. Different, different answers. Different answers. See where you drove that car through there. Uh, You're right. Let's go out at a restaurant, double date, pizza restaurant. You're you're going to the restaurant because of the pizza. It's not like, oh, it's a great pasta joint. And they make pizza, by the way. No, you're there because of the pizza. Acceptable? I'm saying, saying four. I could, I, be, say. I could be convinced five, depending on the situation. You go see a movie first. It's dinner after the movie. Everyone's famished. And then it's like, I got to go for a fifth. But I'd, I'd say four is the answer. Five? Look at your metabolism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? You don't believe I'm so jealous of your metabolism. I wish I had your metabolism and your hair. Hey. Thanks, man. And your height. Uh, okay. Well, I wish I were you. Okay, there, were, there it is. Uh, yeah, I think four. If if it's five and you're sitting down at like nine fifteen, you haven't eaten since three, two, three o'clock. Yeah, but I was gonna say double date. The answer is three, and then if you're all sitting around, and this always happens. You ever been in this situation? Nobody will touch the last piece. Oh, I will. I got zero. Again, you're talking to a man who ate leftover pizza in the green room of Madison Square Garden on, what, the second video, the first video podcast we ever did? And I'm going I'm going after the last piece when you're at a, a, a party and it's like, food's ready, and everyone's got that, like, hesitation. Like, who's going to – I don't care. I'm hungry. It's been opened. I'm going to get food. I think everybody can dive in because there's plenty. So, like, you could be the first – you could grab the first piece because everybody's got options. But when it's down to one piece – Everybody's like, I don't want to be that guy who takes it. And then sometimes, then then you get into a situation. Where somebody be like, well, like, hey, hey is anybody going to eat this? Like, it, um, I mean, I don't want it, but like, is anybody going to eat it? Which means you want it. One hundred percent means you want it. You don't even talk about it if you don't want it. You know, you take that last piece of pizza, take it, you know, take it and substitute in, um, you know, a turkey sandwich. 
Nobody's like, hey, is anybody going to eat this last turkey sandwich? It's like, hey, who cares? A turkey sandwich. I had just had pizza. I don't want that. But if it's a piece of pizza, everybody's like, I can't grab it, but I want it. So I need to announce to the world, I don't want it. But like, if nobody's, if nobody's going to eat it, I guess I'll eat it. And then everybody else will say, oh, yeah, you can have it. It's fine. And then you take it. And that's how you get to four. Five seeds outrageous on a double date. And that's for like normal, you know, triangle sliced pizza. That's right. What are you doing deep dish, Chicago style? That's that's not that many. You're, it's two. It's two. It's two. Yeah, it's pretty much two. Yeah. You might like last, last, last night we had deep dish. And it was two. I had two. Wife had one. Kids split the other piece. It's just a lot. There's a lot going. It's my favorite. Deep dish is my favorite. Love it. Love it. Love it. But you can't really do more than two pieces of it. It's it gets it gets hairy and it gets hairy in a hurry for sure. Another another issue. You order like from Pizza Hut or uh, or uh, Papa John's, whoever does stuffed crust. Yeah, you you don't order it. Here's the here's the thing: people who act like pizza snobs. Like I don't I, listen. I don't care. All right. I'm not judging. I'm just playing along with it. Don't I'm worry. telling you, all pizza is good. <laughs> I know we've talked about this. And then there's and then you that's the baseline. Every pizza is good, and then you move up from there. So these people who are like, I would never eat Domino. Yes, you would. It's good. It's dough and cheese. It's good and sauce. It's good. That's good. It's all good. I know. But like the ones who do the stuff crust, they want to stuff your crust. Mm-hmm. That adds another element. It does. That could take you from four down to three. It could. I knew this was going to be the longest question, by the way. I'm so glad you put it on there. We got we got some people quite quite thrown by my answer of five in the live chat here, which I understand. Yes. That's <laughs> I see it. I know you're laughing at. I just I I, Bruce, I, try, I try not to look at the comments too often because uh, I get distracted. GP hire someone to eat the pizza for him. <laughs> I do that myself. I won't put together anything, but I will. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll eat pizza by myself. How do you feel about the garlic sauce that comes from Papa John's? I've never had Papa John's in my life. What? Never. There are. I, I just haven't. Had, not, I've had Domino's. Not. I've had Pizza Hut. I've, I, we were trying to make a little Caesar's run with, with Tom Crean happen over the summer. That didn't materialize, but I've never had Papa John's. Dude, Papa John's is home to the Papadilla. Sure. They make a little Papadilla. I don't know what that is. It's like a little pizza sandwich. It's so good. It's, it feels so gross, like you shouldn't be eating it. Unless, of course, Papa John's is a sponsor. Then, of course, you should be eating it. Definitely not a sponsor. Like, you feel awful eating it. But it's so good. All right. And I love the garlic sauce. We'll try and share that experience at some point together. I could take a picture of my fridge right now. We have a special section of the fridge that is dedicated to oh. nothing but garlic sauces. I never want to be caught without garlic sauce. Is that your first or second refrigerator? We it's my it's in the main fridge. We have okay. we do have, we do have two fridges. Yeah, I know you do. You want to be you want to be outraged? <laughs> Up until a month ago, we had three. Oh God, we had three fridges. My wife made me throw one of them away, take it to the street. She said, three, she said three fridges is excessive. 
Yeah. I said, where are we going to put all this garlic sauce, though? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Next question. I love that garlic sauce. Where are we at on next questions? Baylor, Iowa State. Oh, yeah. Question number, I believe it's seven. Comes from Aaron. At Aaron Purser 14. Iowa State versus Baylor this Saturday. That's true. For now. For now. Does Iowa State have the weapons to stay in the game, or does Baylor run away with it? What do you think? And we will preview this on Friday. but uh, We can make this fun and quick, and we will – we very much plan on talking about this game Friday because it should be two undefeated teams playing on the, on Saturday in Ames. It's more about the defense here. Iowa State ranks seventh nationally in points per possession. Uh, Baylor is elite top five in both offensive and defensive efficiency here. And Iowa State's been solid. Uh, Isaiah Brockington has been a wonderful transfer. Same with Gabe Kalsher, who were guys at Big Ten programs that were, you know, good players, but uh, – I don't want to call them bit players, but they weren't they weren't the guys that they've become. I talked to TJ Otzelberger about this, the Iowa State coach, about a month ago, maybe a little less than that. And his intention was to have specifically Rockington and Kalsher be the guys for this team, step up. He saw something with, with them when they entered the transfer portal. He thought that, that would they would be the kind of guys that he wanted to bring in as transfers to help Iowa State gain its footing. Did Otzelberger, anyone think that Iowa State's going to be 12-0? Of course not. Uh, you add in Tyrese Hunter, who's the latest awesome point guard Tyrese to come into the program there, and he's been really good. So there's there's enough there, and they're at home. I think it's, I think it's conceivable Iowa State could win this game. Not a lot of people think that's going to happen, but if it does win it, that's the kind of win where kind of nationally, like, that's... Iowa State's gotten its love on this podcast, and then here and there in college hoop circles, but if you knock off undefeated Baylor on, on a pretty good Saturday worth of games, like that is where things really change for you as a program. And Otzelberger would undeniably be at that point. There's no argument against anyone else to be the coach of the year front runner. If that were to happen, we'll see. But to me, it's much more, can Iowa state win this game? You know, 65 to 63. It's, I don't, weapon wise, I don't know if it can run with, with Baylor. If that game gets into the eighties, I'm not liking Iowa state's chances. Like you said, we'll pick this game on Friday. Um, spoiler alert, I'll be taking Iowa State plus the points. I think Baylor wins the game. But I won't be surprised if Iowa State upsets them. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a tight game. Hilton Magic. Hilton Magic. When's the last time we talked about Hilton Magic? Um, Three years? I don't remember. Yeah, it's been a while. That place is going to be on fire Saturday. Like, I, I, once we spent 45 minutes debating when our next dribble handoff is going to publish yesterday in Slack, mm. um, the topic um, was what, what conference game are you looking forward to most? And for now, in this moment, mine was Saturday. The reigning national champions and the number one team in the country is on the road in a matchup against another undefeated team that doubles as the biggest surprise in college basketball. These are two of only five undefeated teams left in division one men's basketball. Do you realize they're number one and number two in strength of record right now? Baylor one. Baylor's one. Iowa state is two. Iowa state 12 and zero. And here's why I think Iowa state's real. They beaten not great teams, but legitimate teams. Xavier blew out Memphis. 
beat Creighton, beat Iowa, the computer trickers. Um, they started 113th at Ken Palm. They're now up to 45. It's a 68 spot improvement in a 12 game span. They're 17th at Torvik when you remove the preseason bias, which is something I know I now know how to do. Um, I think it's going to be a tight game. You know, I, I made the point that I uh, in the dribble handoff. I understand that the first day of the year is largely about college football, and the TV ratings will reflect that. But every football game that's going to be played on Saturday at the collegiate level, it's a glorified exhibition that players opt out of. Baylor-Iowa State's a real game with real stakes. Two top 10 teams, two undefeated teams. That's the You tell me I can only watch one thing on New Year's Day? I'd go with a Big Bank Challenge. But if you told me I could watch two things on New Year's Day, I'd go Big Bank Challenge and Iowa State-Baylor. Why not both, right? Why not both? At the same time, even. Again, we we hope to be able to preview this game on Friday and hope that all is uh all is uh consistent there. Question eight. I'll toss it on you because I didn't put the name in the doc, but I got it here. DB Goodpaster hmm. on Twitter asks, Are there more socks or chairs in the world? When I ask for questions, these are the exact kind of questions I want. Are there more socks or chairs in the world? Hmm. This is and this is easy. What's your answer? <laughs> My official answer, now I want to talk through this. Yeah, let's talk through it. But my official answer is chairs. Absolutely incorrect. You're out of your mind. It's not even close, but go ahead. Not even close? Not even close. Go ahead. Well, so I was sitting. I woke up at five this morning. Sitting in a chair. Sitting in a chair right now. And I started counting the chairs in my home. Now, my home might not be a great representation of how many chairs, because I like I have a poker table, right? And we yeah. and we have patio furniture, of course. And like you know, like, but when you start counting the chairs and benches in oh, your house, chairs and rooms I haven't walked to in two years. Yeah, I know. chairs, day. benches, um, couches. I, I'm thinking anything that you sit on counts as a chair. You're counting. Oh, okay. So we're including. Chairs and cars, couches, arenas, stadiums, movie theaters, bus stops, malls. I still think think it's socks. Do you know how many pairs of socks must be produced on an annual basis in this world? Billions upon billions. And I'll even say pairs of socks. I'm not even saying individual ones. Well, that's the thing. A sock is a sock, and you got to have two to have a pair. And I probably got 75 pairs of socks. I'm probably in the I'm in the 50 range, 50 to 60. It sucks. Not a toss this pull up. I want to hear because Paris makes a good point. If we're including seats on airplanes, every single car, arena seats, everything, I still think it's I think it sucks in a runaway. But I cannot express to you how much I love this question. When I ask for questions on a mailbag, this is what I'm talking about. So- uh, Baylor, Iowa State for the birds. Okay, socks versus chairs. Well, somebody asked, why do I have so many pairs of socks? Here's the truth. I don't like looking for them. I, li- I want to have so many that I never have to look for. There is nothing more frustrating than it's time to go to the golf course. Can't find socks. It's time to p- pack a suitcase to fly to studio. I need Navy socks. I need black socks. Can't find socks. All right. So like the other day, I was at Target. Uh, just getting a couple of things. And I just, while there, 
picked up a 12-pack of white no-show socks and a 12-pack of black no-show socks. And so now I have I – have, I don't need them. I pr- if I took time to go through our laundry basket of socks and just pair, just spent two hours pairing socks, I got plenty. But I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to have fresh new socks that are right there, and I can grab them, and then eventually those will disappear, and then I'll just buy more. Not as dead on in the comments right now. The socks industry plans on you losing them. That is correct. And I, even if you just go to pairs, not individual, individual, that's double the amount. That's I, I think you're perfect. underestimating. Okay. There, are, there is no part of this world where there aren't chairs or places to sit. Parts of this world, they don't have socks. That, that's made up for by the fact that people like you got 135 pair of them. That's but I, I got almost that many chairs in my house. If you count uh, front porch, back porch. Count, couches doesn't. I'll give you love seats. I'm not giving you couches. A couch is not a chair. It's a couch. There's a difference. <laughs> Somebody said, I think we're underestimating GP's ability to lose chairs. I feel like I can lose chairs. We have, oh, like lawn chairs in your garage? Counts. Yes. It's a, well, it, Listen. There are billions, but the amount of socks, I'm willing to go more socks or grains of sand in the world. I mean, there are so many socks. My initial answer when I thought about this, I I spent a good 20 minutes thinking about this this morning. I was counting chairs in my house. I'd be like, God, I got too many places to sit. I mean, there's only five butts in our house. Why we need this many places to put butts, you know? Mm -hmm. Doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about it. My initial answer was socks. Then I started thinking about, okay, every basketball arena in the country, every high school gym in the country, every football stadium in the country, these are all places with chairs. There's so many chairs. There are. You're right, but it's it's not close. Couch is not a chair. We're getting- well, like it seems like we should be able to. There's got to be a. There's got to be a definitive answer somewhere. Like if you, can you- lay, if you can lay down on it, fully head to toe, it's not a chair. Sorry, bed's not a chair. Couch is not a chair. I can I, lay down. Gonna- I I can lay down in some chairs. I know you can. I got. I, I got a. I got an oversized chair. You could probably lay down in. I got. I got one off the board for you. I mean, can't somebody just Google this and look it up? We had someone say the sock. Someone up there in the comments has someone had researched something. All right, I got I got an off the board question for you. Okay. Was Gary Paris CBS? This is from CBB Nerd. Was he ever called Dead Eye mm. due to the jalapeno incident? Now, when I say Dead Eye, what springs to mind? Anything Dead Eye. Dead Eye. Dead Eye. Let me give you nothing, a hint. Nothing springs to mind. What about this. <laughs> Let me play that again. Dead eye. Dead eye. I don't know. You got me. How about dead eye? How about this? Don't eat me, but you show like the bone. <laughs> I recognize that. <laughs> I had not thought about this band. 15 years minimum. Dead eye dick. Yeah, I know the song. I would have never been able to name the band. Okay, to anyone that's under the age of 25 and wants to know what the 90s were like on the radio, this song charted. This song. Don't 
me, but show like the bone. <laughs> How about that? How incredible is that? Dead-Eye Dick shouts to Dumb and Dumber. This is now your opportunity. Try and keep it under two minutes. I needed to bring it back. We have a lot of new listeners. Once upon a time, my wife and I were, um, I think I believe we just started dating. We were uh, certainly not married by now. We went to Nashville to see Ryan Adams, which apparently is something you can't do anymore. <laughs> He's canceled. <laughs> Poor guy's canceled. Not poor guy. He did some awful stuff. Guy's canceled. But before he was canceled, he was universally recognized as an amazing songwriter. And he was someone we enjoyed, first with Whiskey Town and then as a solo artist. So we went to um, Nashville to the Ryman Auditorium to see Ryan Adams. It was, I'll say, I did one of those tricks. I think a lot of people have done this trick. You buy your wife a present, girlfriend at the time. Hey, I got you tickets to Ryan Adams for your birthday. I can't wait for us to go. Is that, is that how bad of a move is that? <laughs> Somewhat acceptable. Yeah, like she wanted to go, but I also wanted to go. I turned her birthday present into something that benefited yeah. me as well. I understand. We, we, we've been there. Yeah, we've been there. Yeah, okay. So I got my wife a television for her birthday when we lived together. So it was basically for both of us. There you go. Right. So, um, so it was me and my wife. And um, Corey Brannon, my old roommate, who is a songwriter himself, and, um, you know, a handful of other people. So we uh, drive up to Nashville, get there like around lunchtime. And, you know, now it's day drinking and eating and getting ready for the show. And um, you're not going to believe this, but the drink, the drinking um, escalated fairly quickly. We're having a good time. I don't know why we were in a little pizza shop. And uh, three slices. I was eating, boy. I don't know. But it was, I no, got out of, it was it, more than four. It, I don't know if it got to be more than four, but it probably. I wasn't hiding anything. If I was hungry, I was going to eat. So we were, uh, were there, and I have no idea. I don't even know how this came up. And it was like a, you know, authentic pizza, whatever that means. And, but they had like, they didn't have like jalapenos out of a jar. It was like freshly cut jalapenos. And we had them on the side because not everybody wanted them on the pizza, but I love them because I got Mexican blood running through my veins. And so I don't even know how this happens. I mean, we're all adults for crying out loud. And somebody said, uh, you ever, you ever, um, I think this is what happened. Somebody said, if you ever like touched jalapenos and then accidentally touched your eyes, you like forgot you had jalapenos on your fingers and then you like, go rub your eyes. And, and I was like, I'll put a whole jalapeno right on my eyeball. And somebody was like, no, you want that's outrageous. And I was like, $5, I'll do it. And somebody was like, sure, I'll take that bet. Because like, what's the worst case scenario? You pay $5 to watch your friend put a jalapeno in his eyeball. I was like, that's the worst. Best case scenario, you won five bucks. So I took a freshly cut jalapeno and I put it directly on my pupil. And I thought I had lost my eye. I... It hurt so bad. You did this for $5. For $5. (laughs) Now, now, 20 years later, I'm paying people to put together toys. (laughs) But but back then, I was willing to put a freshly cut jalapeno on my pupil for 5 bucks. So it was one of those things where within seconds, you know, you go, "I've I've made a bad mistake. This is a terrible decision. 
So my friends, I mean, I'm really like, in, like I'm hurting. Like, I, I don't know that I'm ever going to see again out of my right eye, which would have been, you know, problematic for a lot of reasons. <laughs> and so my friends are like trying to alert the server or the kitchen. <laughs> How do you even say this? My buddy just stuck a jalapeno in his eyeball. Do you have anything to help him? Well, naturally, I'll never forget the poor lady. Um, she seemed to be of Italian descent. Certainly didn't speak English very well. And she was, um, so they're trying to say, hey, jalapeno, he's got jalapeno. He put a jalapeno on his eyeball. Do you have anything that will help him? How do you even resolve this issue? At this point, we probably should just call 911. And she said, she interpreted that as his mouth is burning from the jalapenos. Because why would you assume somebody would put a jalapeno on their eyeball? So she says, uh, she gives us like some pita bread or something like that. Some sort of doughy product intended for me to put it in my mouth. And so there I am. I just, I put it on my eyeball. <laughs> yes. I've just got like dough on my eye. It's doing nothing, but there's a picture of it somewhere. And after a while it, uh, it, you know, the pain subsided and, you know, I lived and we went to a Ryan Adams show and it is famously the show. You can look this up on YouTube. Some guy, because there's there's Brian Adams, summer of 69, and then there's Ryan Adams. And for a while, they, you know, they go through a stage at these shows. People be like, play summer of 69. And like Ryan Adams on this night had clearly had enough of it. And he was like, yo, how much he identifies the guy? He's like, how much did you pay to come to the show? It was like 50 bucks, whatever. He's like, here, he reaches into his pocket. He's like, here's here's your bunny back. Just leave. Just leave so the rest of us have a good time. He like made this guy leave, gave him money and made him leave. And it was like a big deal. Yeah. We were at that show. And then fast forward like 10 years, Ryan Adams back at the Ryman Auditorium, and he referenced that. You can find this on YouTube too. And he said, uh, you know, all these years later, that doesn't, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember what he said exactly, but all these years later, that doesn't bother me anymore. Like Summer 69 is actually a really great song. And uh, I'd like to play it for you if you don't mind. So he plays Summer 69 there. But we were at the first show when he, when he, got, uh, when he kicked that guy out. I had a blurry eye, red eye. But um, I recovered nicely. Summer of 69, also one of the premier premarital sex anthems. Did you realize? Um, all right. We have, <laughs> we have a couple of I, I do want to incorporate just a couple of live ones here. Um, I saw one earlier. Not a. Um, OK, well, you know what? We can go with this one first. All right. Honestly, believe the ACC gets more than three teams in the NCAA tournament. More than three. Honestly, at this point. Yes or no? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Um, one of the things people don't realize about the NCAA tournament, of course, is that you you got to put 68 teams in it. Got it. And so, yeah, I'm going to assume. You don't have to play. We learned that in 2021. 68, 68 don't have do to, not have to play, you but you have to put 68 in it. And then 16 advance to the Sweet 16. And then only four make it to the Final Four every year. That's right. And I'm going to assume that, yeah. Four of the 68, at least four of the 68 are going to be from the ACC. It'll be Duke. Mm -hmm. And then we'll see. <laughs> Duke, Carolina, we're both with Wake. Man, Florida State's six and four right now. Louisville, seven and four. Do Louisville some real good to beat Wake Forest on Wednesday night, I'll tell you that. I, but I, you know, Virginia Tech's still going to have a shot. It's eight and five. It's take bad losses. But yes, mark me down. Mark me down for for four of them. I there's I here's, don't, the thing, here, here's the thing people don't realize. Once you get into the ACC portion of the schedule, 
Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to win games. Somebody's got to lose them. And that's sometimes right. that's everybody. All right, I got the question here. I don't think Nada's got this queued up. But David Judica asked, I just have my answer here. So best hidden gem college basketball arena need not be D1 that you've attended a game at. Thanks for what you do and happy holidays. You too, David. My answer for this is Rose Hill Gymnasium, which is home to the Fordham Rams. It mm. is uh, an old school kind of place. I've covered a couple of games there uh, in the Bronx. Fordham is, frankly, it's a program and it's in the wrong league. It should not be in the A-10. I think you'll find plenty of Fordham fans who agree with that because Fordham has been irrelevant since going to the A-10. Never gotten to the NCAA tournament out of this conference, and it needs to be in a different league, but that's a different discussion for a different time. But the reason I bring it up is that uh, Fordham would have more relevance and a better chance to have that gym more prominently displayed on the occasional broadcast if it was playing in relevant conference games into, you know, January or February. It's just not the case. I think it's awesome. It's the second, I believe it's the second oldest gym continuously used in d1 i think harvard's gym is the oldest continuously used there so yeah rose hill is my pick you got a small off radar mid-major small major gym that you've been to that you think kind of applies there because rose hill is just it feels cool it's it's just it's an ancient kind of churchy vibe when you're in it and that's my pick nothing pops out to me of the you know the mid-major ones i don't i don't know how many i've been to honestly like i went to murray state um few like several years ago and it was terrific you know that's when i want to say when steve prome had that really good team that had an incredible record going into the tournament um and that was awesome you know jam-packed and great team and at the mid-major level so i remember that um st louis i don't know if st louis is a mid-major but when you know that building Chaffetz Arena, mm-hmm. when it was first built, and they had like a legitimate top twenty-five level team, it was great. I would sideline for CBS Sports Network um, on a game. Butler was still the, um, but Brad Stevens was still the coach at Butler, so it was Butler at St. Louis, sold out. Great scene, incredible. Um, at the high major level, some p- places I've been that people you know, don't put on the list usually of greatest atmospheres in college basketball. Cause that's always going to be Duke, you know, Kansas, uh, what pinnacle bank, pinnacle bank, obviously Gonzaga, Indiana's great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Kentucky is Kentucky. I've always just thought, I'm not even gonna say it. I don't want to fight with Kentucky fans. It's just, it's a big place, you know, North Carolina, just big place. Um, yeah, huge. I, Kansas State, when Frank Martin had it operating at a high level, was awesome. Um, I went to a game at Clemson when Oliver Purnell was there. Little John, it was awesome. Um, when Jamie Dixon was at Pitt, that place was great. Yeah. I remember talking to somebody, because I've only been to Pitt once, but it's when they were good, and it was sold out. And the student section was amazing, but it's, uh, it's the student section is underneath the cameras that shoot down onto the court. So, you know, like if you're watching a game at Cameron Indoor on TV, the cameras shoot onto the student section, right? And that's the way most places are. But at Pitt, it's not like that. 
Same with Gonzaga. It's not like that. Okay, so I asked, I, I was talking to somebody at Pitt about this, and I was like, man, like, you know, this is great, but I really, I was like, being here, you have a real appreciation for how awesome that student section is, and it doesn't really come across on TV because you're not looking at it the whole time. I was like, you know, I don't design arenas, but why didn't whoever designed this arena put the student section on the side that it would show up on television as the game is being played back and forth? And you know what the answer was? I don't know if this is true or not, but this is what this person told me. Because when they built it, there was no student section. Nobody cared. And they were scared it would look terrible on TV. So they put the student section on the other side so that it specifically so that it would not be on TV. And then Ben Hallen took that program to a high level. Jamie continued it. This incredible student section became a thing, but it was almost entirely off of TV because of the way the uh because of the way the arena was constructed. That's pretty and now well now all these years later that that wound up being the right call here. <laughs> I mean Pitt is just brutal at this moment. Um but those are some good ones. I've not been to Pitt. I've always been curious about being in that uh joint but we got a Panthers man. Pitt fans listen, I feel it for you. Oh, another one another one I've been to that when it was popping it was great. And I say this sincerely. Um San Diego State. Like I was there for um some of those BYU at San Diego State Jimmer games or I was there for at least one of them. And it was an amazing atmosphere. Terrific. Agreed. Um, Brian Snyder asked, what coach do you predict Maryland will end up with? I only bring this up on the pod because I had a couple people hit me up on this in like the past week or so. It is way too soon to tell. So yeah. the Maryland stuff, like, you know, rest assured, we'll talk about it on the podcast when it becomes like, you know, relevant enough and there's something there. But w- that is that is not known at this point there. I'll be interested to... uh to uh to see that we also got a question from myron goodman where do archie miller and sean miller end up next season i could see archie getting back in by next season sean miller i'm not convinced he'll be able to coach next season remember arizona is still going through the iarp process and no university is going to hire him prior to that being resolved and my understanding is that it's not getting resolved by april for arizona so if you were to want to hire sean miller you you could but you chance a situation where Arizona's assessed a, a severe penalty and, and particularly Miller could be assessed a, a significant punishment. So you could, you know, but we don't know if there's going to have any kind of show cause attached to him or not too tough to say. So Archie, I would anticipate will get back into coaching before Sean. And if Archie wants to coach and be hired by, you know, late March, early April, if he wants that, he will be hired. It's just a matter of um, what kind of job uh, he lands at there. So I don't know. For, for what it's worth, I'll circle back to Maryland real quick. You're right. It's way too early to tell. But on the day Mark Turgeon resigned, mm-hmm. I texted somebody. In the who, industry. In the industry who knows these types of things. And I said, hey, if um, I was actually doing some work for you, you're welcome. I said, uh, hey, Deadleg's putting together a list of candidates for the Maryland job. Give me three names that have to be on it. And this person said, Kevin Willard, Andy Enfield, and Mike Bray. And I think Bray's kind of a long shot for a variety of reasons right now. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for established winners at good programs who might be willing to make the jump to Maryland, keep an eye on Kevin Willard and Andy Enfield. Uh, I would agree with that. Andy Enfield got his master's degree from 
Maryland is from the area and USC, which is on a pause right now, kind of been a little bit off the record, off the uh, radar, excuse me here. Um, and I know that Andy just got a contract extension. That won't matter if he wants to go to Maryland. That's right. That's basically how these things, that's basically how these things, uh, how they work there. We've had a lot of good questions live. We Listen, we're at an hour though. I knew this was going to happen. Gosh, we're at an hour here, man. We, we really thought 35 minutes. I had someone ask me, I'll give, I, I did take the time to rank this out. I had someone's cut based off the previous show. I need your top five and one rankings of Beatles albums. So I'll give this to you right now. Um, because I mentioned let it be wouldn't have been in like my top five or anything like that. Here's how I go. Sergeant Pepper's at six help at five. I put magical mystery tour at four, but again, it's a weird deal because the way that it was properly released in the UK is different from the U S version. So I'm going U S version second half with all the singles on it. All you need is love, you know, penny lane, all that stuff. That is what makes magical mystery tour a top four Beatles album for me. They didn't record it with that intention, but that's how it was released in the U.S., so I'm taking that. And then three is Rubber Soul. Two is Revolver. And then Gary Parrish and I have the same favorite Beatles record. Abbey Road is, is and has for a very long time been my number one Beatles yeah. album. Abbey Road is my favorite in, in the sense that it's the one that I listen to the most, and it's been that way for 25 years. Like I, if the Beatles album, I, lately it's been Let It Be because of the documentary. But the one that I'm lower on than most, and by no means am I trying to be, I'm not disparaging this album. It's just like, it's obviously great, but some people call it the best, and it's just not that for me. Revolver. It's so good, dude. But that's I, fine. I, I know it's great. It's just like, it would not even be in the conversation for the best Beatles album for me, but a lot that's of music fine. critics, yeah, a lot of music critics say it's it would call it the best. I'm fine. Like I, I'm not going to argue with music critics about it. It's just that I don't go back to Revolver nearly as often as I go back to Abbey Road and and lately, um, lately Let It Be. Um, yeah, like uh, Sergeant Pepper's Love, Magical Mystery Tour, Love, White Album. I like. It's there. It's 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 seven for me. It's just bloated. So again, like I do love it, but you know. And we we've got all the Beatles vinyl here, so we'll usually throw on like my son, my children want to listen to it. So the White Album is just the one where it's like, yeah, we can listen to it, but you want to listen to the whole thing? It's just you know, it's a double, it's a double LP, but uh, but it's got it's got you know three of like ten or so favorite Beatles songs on it. But yeah, every Beatles record is is really really good. You mentioned you mentioned Help. Mm -hmm. Help is such an interesting song to me because it sounds happy, but it's super sad. Yeah, does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, no, it does. There's they they were able to do that with a couple of them. But yes, it's uh, like it's a happy sound. Like if you just if you don't pay attention to the words at all and you just like it sounds like a happy like that's right. just a happy song. It sounds happy. But if you ever stop and just listen to it, it's the saddest song in the world. There's this young woman. She's blonde. Um, I don't know. I can't remember her name. I used to have this bookmark because I just thought it was really interesting. She did a broken down acapella version of help. Nice. And it, it's, it sounds like the saddest song ever written. Yeah. It, it, because it's just her and her vulnerable voice and these, these words that are so uh, desperate and lonely and sad. And, and then you, and then you immediately go back and listen to help 
the original the version from the Beatles, and it just sounds like a completely different song. I did like if you get super bored on YouTube, go try to find that. Um, it's it's really interesting. Um, also, if you get bored on YouTube, look up Paul McCartney's solo uh, vocal for Helter Skelter. Beatles might have invented like that song. Some people think was like, invented heavy metal. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Just you know. Well, I remember when um, McCartney played with Dave Grohl, basically played with Foo Fighters, mm -hmm. or their surviving members of Nirvana, maybe. I don't remember who that was. I know yeah, Dave. They did, um, oh, man, what was that? They won a Grammy for that song. Right, and uh, it was like, how is Paul McCartney going to play, you know, what's that going to sound like? And I'm like, uh, the guy who did Helter Skelter with the guys who did Senseless Apprentice? Like, it'll be fine. Damn, what was that song? It's the same song. I mean, it's not the same song, but it, it sounds the same. Uh, that was like 10 years ago. Yeah, no, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. Um, all right, you want to get out of here? I do want to get out of here. I'm going to send you that Big Bang Challenge, you and not a both. <laughs> Just tell me what you think of it when you get it. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Zach Loveday, legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again. Listen, I own college basketball podcast in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. Holy God, Jesus. What? It, cases are surging, dead leg. That's why we did this mailbag episode. If you like the mailbag episode, let us know. Leave some reviews. Spotify listeners, you've been on your game. Five-star five star ratings. Love you for it. Thank you. CDC came out and said that you can only you only have to isolate for five days now. I know. And so the director of the CDC was asked about this, and she was like, people aren't isolating for 10 days. So we're just trying to give them a number that maybe they'll do. <laughs> Did you see that? The ones aren't willing to isolate for 10. I don't know if they're going to be willing to isolate for five. I would have preferred isolate five and have a negative test before you leave. But who am I, right? Yeah, I don't, I'm done arguing about it. I, I'm, I'm just worried. I don't, I don't have anything else to say. Let's just wrap if you're not subscribed, please go. I'm, I'm tired, you know? I'm worn out. I've been beat down. If you're not subscribed. I thought there were more chairs than socks in this world. A lot of chairs. Get out of here with that. You're not count, You're not taking into account the number of stadiums around the world or the countries where people don't have I, socks. Like, yeah, you see those commercials on TV. They're like, give us $2 so we can buy these people some socks. I think homeless shelters, I'm not trying to make light of this at all. I think at homeless shelters, the most in-demand thing they need? Socks. I should just go to a homeless shelter. I got so many socks. I could take a few chairs, too. Get it done. Let the, let the less fortunate sit in a chair and put on some socks. Mm -hmm. Seems like literally the least I could do. Please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars. Five stars. Both places. And then you can leave a review over at Apple Podcast. We'd appreciate it. If you've ever had premarital sex, please go do that to offset the bad reviews from people who are anti-premarital sex for some reason. There's more of us than there are of them. Not sure how many. If We don't know for certain if there's more socks than chairs. Dead like things he knows. I don't know if we know that for certain. That's for sure. But what we know for certain is there's more of us than there are of them. And the Apple reviews need to reflect that. You see that like button if you're watching on YouTube? Smash it. Show, show them how to smash with your hand. 
Oh, he's hitting the, he's, he's smashing the button. Come on. Yeah, dead leg. You have consent. Brandon Davies would do it. You got nothing to lose. We'll talk to you again on Friday morning. God willing, we'll have basketball games to talk about. But who could say for sure? Till then. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.